The Royal National Lifeboat Institution is um, part of Irish marine life and uh, for coming on close on 200 years and it is one of the few things in Ireland that still has the word royal in it but it's an indication of how far the history is and also it's an indication of the respect that the whole organisation is held in but it's 100% voluntary and there are stations all around Ireland and it has uh, been presented with the rough seas of Ireland in the most challenging circumstances and continues to provide what can only be said as a life-saving service. And Tony Heine is with me in the station in Galway, giving me an overview and a tour. Tony, welcome, and thanks a million, first of all, for bringing me Not in here. Not at all, you're more than welcome. And we're looking at uh, an inflatable here, the semi-inflatable. Uh, this is called a rigid inflatable. Mm -hmm. And uh, eight, eight point something eight meters. Eight point five meters. And it's got 215 to 115 uh, horsepower engines. It can do a constant speed of 35 knots in conditions up to 4.6. Uh, 4.7 is its limitation. 4.6 being what? 4.6 storm. Okay, uh, and this goes out into Galway Bay? This goes out into Galway Bay. And you explained to me, there are two, uh, this is an open boat, but there are, there's a bigger boat at some stations. There is, yeah. This is what's called an inshore lifeboat, where there's no cabin around right. the lifeboat. The crew are exposed to the elements, hence they have a different style of, of um, suit that they wear. And they are exposed to the spray and everything else that the elements can throw at them. Hence, they, even though that the boat can be overturned, there is a, um, a facility for the crew to, to, re, uh, to right the boat again and continue on their mission. And why would a, an open 8 metre odd boat be considered uh, suitable for Galway Bay and the Atlantic Ocean, which can be quite rough going out to the Iron Islands? Well, you see, w uh, this boat just covers Galway Bay. There is a bigger boat, an all-weather boat, based in the Iron Islands okay. called the Severn Class, which is 3.8 million. This boat here is 2.5, 2.25 million. Uh, sorry, 225,000, correction. Um, that's a big difference in price. The main difference is this one can only work in up to a Storm Force 5, whereas the Iron Lifeboat can go 100 miles offshore yeah. at a constant speed of 25 knots in any condition. And it has been out in, any, in all and any conditions. So, uh, Tony, the, one of the things about the service, and this is really what I want to focus in on, is it's a volunteer service. Total volunteer. The entire crew in Galway are volunteers. So we're now in the station in Galway. In the event that an alarm, and we've been hearing radio buzzing going on in the background, in the event that there was a pan, 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 or mayday, what is the hoped for response time to have the boat in the water? From when the pagers, from the time the pagers go off, yeah, to the boat being in the water and the crew going out, eight minutes, and that means getting through Galway traffic, getting down Correct. here. Correct. So um, we have 36 trained crew here. One of the criteria is that you must be within three to five minutes of the station, and I presume that mainly is on foot because people, be yes, officers are uh, working around the place. And I, I'm sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that not one of these volunteers gets hassled from an employer. Not one. Well, it's one of the conditions that they, when they sign up, that they must get permission from their employer. We have teachers, 
we have nurses, uh, we have firemen, we have uh, university students, right? Um, what else have we got? We have all walks of life, commercial travellers, retired um, bankers, retired bankers <laughs> as well. <laughs> no, we're now in the crew room, and you notice that there's a, a lot of bits and pieces around here. This is where the main training for crew happens. There's screen, most of the screen based and computer based and uh, television based. Cr- training for crew is competency based training, which right. means it's ongoing, including their, their first aid training. Okay, just to give you an example of what the, the, the training that the crew do, when they join first, they will be here for the best part of a year, learning every nook and cranny of Gora Bay. You asked why is there a smaller boat here and a bigger boat in Iron? The smaller boat here can go into shallow water, the bigger boat can't. Right. And that is the main, there's an awful lot of nooks and crannies and inlets and small bays in Galway. So they learn about all of those, where the rocks are, where the things are. So, for example, and this is an anecdote. A couple of summers ago, four guys went, bought a, a rib, decided to go for a pleasure cruise out Galway Bay, and then decided to go into Ballyvaughan for a pint. As they went in, they ran aground. And had to call the lifeboat. They were about a half mile offshore. But Ballyvaughan is on the burn side of Gower Bay, yeah. where you have all the shelf of rock coming in. There's actually a channel going into Ballyvaughan that is about 10 metres wide. They missed it by two foot. And they could have, where they were, where they beached the thing, they could have walked on the, the rock in Ballyvaughan. But they didn't have the charts. They didn't have the charts, they didn't know where they were going. And they didn't have a depth finder. They didn't have anything with them. Right. The same four fellows, uh, three weeks previous, having on their maiden outing with the boat, were out in the middle of the thing, sunning themselves on a gorgeous summer's day, and they ran out of petrol. <laughs> <laughs> I am not joking. <laughs> the, uh, so, one of the things we're going to talk about a little on, a later on is um, the way you get some funds, and you mentioned training, so it, uh, and there's a fundraising event coming up, or some events, but the training is intense and there's a heavy cost to it. The, because the training is so intense, because when um, a lifeboat goes out, it's not like an ambulance going out to a car crash or someone's house where the paramedical on the, the ambulance sees the situation and he says, well that's beyond my training, I'll call in a doctor and the doctor gets in his car and drives up beside him and administers. When a lifeboat man goes out into a trawler or somebody's in trouble in the sea or whatever, he can't, you can't ring a, car, um, a doctor to come out and drive up beside you. There is. You are it, yeah. yeah. As well as that, in the, uh, when you go three miles offshore, there's no street lights. Yeah. And 40% of all shouts last year, the shout is a call out for a lifeboat. 40% of them happened in darkness. Right. Now, Tony, you showed me downstairs, there's a, the question of training as well, is that it's an ongoing, you say. You have a, um, I won't call it a mannequin, you have a dummy downstairs. He's called Dead Fred. Dead Fred. And Dead Fred has been with you for 14, 14 years. We haven't lost him yet. They've tried a lot of times to, to lose him. The one station lost him for two days, but they eventually got him. He's a training, um, Dead Fred is a trainer. So people, somebody from the station will go out in a boat and drop him off. And he's a training. So then the new recruits come in and they're told that somebody from the public were driving along a coastal route and spotted what they thought was a body in the water. Right. 
and that's such a place and that's all the information they have right so the crew between launching and going out to that spot have to figure out how far the drift is whether the tide is coming in or going out which way the drift could be and uh, what sort of wind, where the wind is coming from and dead fred is it's the floating um, he's floating he's all you see over the, the water is the bare tip of his head so on that basis then uh, before they hit the water there's going to be the looking at the charts figuring out based as you say on the drift where possibly um, by the time they calculate they leave here and where they're going to get to that they're trying to get to where they anticipate that will be correct and then they do they have a search pattern a crisscross search pattern that they do and they eventually ha- find him because they haven't lost him yet right. they still have him downstairs right <laughs> now um, that cost by the way per yeah. annum per um, lifeboat person men and women because we don't discriminate one of the great things about the RMI it's non-sectarian yep. it's non-political yep. it's non-sexist yep. I think it's non-everything yep. because is it vegan? I'm not quite sure about that one now <laughs> but it, 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 is, it, is, it is like what you can do for your friend. like ask not what your country can do for you yes. it's people just drop everything I'll give you another thing that is phenomenal about the RMI and one of the reasons I'm so passionate about it the Iron Line was founded in 1824. It's going to be 200 years old in five years, or six years' time. Yeah. The lifeboat has been called on many, many a time. When there's a call or when there's a shout, the crew arrive at the station and they can look out to the sea. And they can decide whether they're going or not going. Okay. In nearly 200 years, never once has a lifeboat failed to launch and unfortunately because of that heroic efforts to try and save somebody who's in trouble over 1100 have paid with their lives so how many stations around the country are there? we have 45 stations around Ireland and we have inshore stations we have an inshore station in Loch Derg on, on, on the Lower Shannon, we have an inshore station at Lona, Coosan Point, and Lochree, right? And we have two upper on, on the Inniskillen Lochairn, in Lower and Upper Lochairn. Okay, um, and then we have all around the coast. So when you say in Inniskillen, so it's this is a 32 county organisation. This also. is a two island uh, organisation. Okay, because it was founded in 1824 when okay. we were at the two islands. Right. In 1921, at the formation of the state. The Irish government at the time did not have a life-saving inst- uh, facility, right. so they asked the Orange Line, "Would they stay on?" And then they put the word out, "Would you stay on?" Yes, they decided they would. And then uh, they asked the Irish element of it, "Well, do you want to change to an Irish, um, the Irish life-saving?" And they said, "Listen, we're nearly 200 years being the Royal Nation. We stay the way we are, right. and to hell with politics. We're non-political. We're non-sectarian. Yeah. We're non-everything." Yeah. And it's still the same organisation throughout the 32 countries of Ireland. And even through the worst of the troubles, there have never been anything, um, uh, there's never been any conflict in any way, shape or form. Right. Because if you were in the water yeah. and you were in trouble, your boat is sunk and you're going glug, 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 yeah. glug, and you see a big orange lifeboat coming towards you, you're not going to say, well, are you Protestant, Catholic, Muslim, Jew? That's right. You just want to say, get me out of here. That's right. That's right. 
And, and again, everyone who's a volunteer is committed to getting them out of there. Correct. Right, correct. So, uh, you mentioned here, what, you have 35 volunteers here in Galway? There's 36 trained volunteers, or 36 crew here. Uh, I think four of them are training at the moment. 32 trained. And um, they're between senior Helms and then crew, shore crew, uh, house crew. So, what would the average life cycle of a, of a volunteer be? The, the normal they will join say between 18 and 24 yeah. uh, or even if, the, if somebody com- comes in town and hears about it and wants to get involved in it or they're into swimming or they're into fishing and they say okay I want to give something back and then they on the intro stations they must stay there they must retire at 45 on the all weather boats they can stay on to 60 ok ok <laughs> excuse me so anyone so let's say uh, yes so 45 and up that's so you need to have fertile ground all the time new, yes. new, recruits, we have new recruits in the wings well, we have a waiting list here of about 40 brilliant uh, people waiting to get into the crew right and it's, it's just it's limited by the amount of training that we can give because the training is extensive it really is extensive it the ocean like so many before not knowing if they'd ever return they just on their hands home on their minds so many new ways to learn The hills and the valleys Now only in memory Replaced by faith can be expected We had a slight interruption there But that's normal And if to avail of the interruption We'll give you a little piece of music About the sea around Galway And uh, we're back with Tony Heine here At the Royal National Life Institution facility in Galway. Before you came to Galway, I know you, what got you involved in this, I understand, Tony, was when you were in your banking career in Belmullet. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you had someone there that introduced you to the, the powerful work that the, the institution does. I was totally ignorant of what the RMI did until I went to Belmullet. And then one Thursday evening in the middle of November, on a wild stormy stormy afternoon I got a phone call from a friend of mine who said Heine I want to show you what we men and women do and he said real he says be outside the bank I'll collect you in 10 minutes so this is about 3.30 on a Thursday afternoon we were open till 5 so I said to my assistant I said if I'm not back lock up and I'll see you in the morning hit off and we drove out to Ballyglass Lighthouse which is at the top end of Eris, the Eris Peninsula mm and the sea was just white foam and then coming out of the out of um, Broadhaven Bay out comes the lifeboat and hits a big wave and disappears and I said that's it that's the lifeboat gone he said no 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 wave and next thing few oh, what seemed ages the lifeboat appears up going up nearly going vertical up the side of a wave over the top of the wave we watched it there until it got absolutely pitch black watched the light of the lifeboat going out and he said they're going out to a trawler I don't know what the, the story is so we walked the headland down to the lifeboat station listened to the Coast Guard radio of Mallon Head talking to the lifeboat talking to a trawler and talking to the ambulance service and it transpired some poor fella on a trawler a steel rope had taken his arm off and the lifeboat was going out 
they were 40 or 50 miles offshore the lifeboat was going out it was storm force 11 they uh, had 20-30 foot waves mountainous seas just white foam around the place anyway to make a long story across it short they arrived back in at half past one in the morning they had your man still alive now how they got the lifeboat to tie up with the trawler in those conditions get a stretcher across get your man onto the stretcher attend to him and bring him back in and they put him onto the, onto the ambulance and he was still alive and talking and grateful that the lifeboat had gone out but at half past one in the morning the crew of the lifeboat turned around and scrubbed the lifeboat clean from top to bottom and refueled it ready and I looked and I looked at the crew and the crew that night there was five of them on, on the crew the coxswain, the driver of the lifeboat was Pat Walker he was a local fisherman and he knew the sea but the other four JT was worked on the hardware counter of the local co-op John drove a CIE bus Joe was a mechanic in a local garage and Caroline worked in her sister's boutique and they were the five people around. and I said to them I said what in God's name possessed you to go out in those conditions and they said this and he said there isn't a drug invented yet that gave me a high as big as bringing a man in alive he said that is the thing he said but he was in trouble mm -hmm. we have the facility we have the capability and we have the training mm -hmm. so I, he said will you join us and I said not in a million years would I go out in those conditions well he said there's more to, there's more to, to the RNLI than going out actually in the boat because which came first mm -hmm. the chicken or the egg mm -hmm. without fundraising mm -hmm. because the RNLI for all its thing it doesn't get one penny from government right not one cent it depends totally on people's generosity of putting money into the little boxes on the counter of legacies of donations from near and far right so I say hang on a minute now that bit I can do because I've always been involved between lines clubs and everything like that I've always been so I devoted myself and I just took up the, the, the this mantle of being the, of the RNLI and I have to say like, I am seriously passionate about it because mm. they, when you see what they do you see the training they go through you see the conditions that they, they operate in and then they turn back around and come back in afterwards I say oh yeah that was kind of yeah that was a bit tough there they could have been out in mountain stays and they'd go back to their job mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. it because I know one of the big stories that I suppose I don't know how far it went internationally because I listened to Irish Radio a lot the um, helicopter that went down that was just off Belmont yeah. yeah and I know the area and very, and very well again the, and that was then under horrendous conditions and the lifeboat went mm -hmm. out and, and two worked. lifeboats the Ackle lifeboat the Ackle lifeboat actually uh, found Darius Fitzpatrick yeah. um, and the body glass lifeboat they spent what the best part two three weeks mm -hmm. searching around looking for bits and pieces mm -hmm. and unfortunately uh, we they, the, the divers found Mark Durkin and unfortunately the other two are, are still missing mm -hmm. which is really really sad mm -hmm. that was a horrible tragedy it was indeed now from uh, uh, we talked about that you have a fundraiser coming up and Sean Keane is going to perform at a series of concerts to help raise funds for training that's only a component of the budget like what kind of a budget would a station like this need in a, a annually well if you take it that there, we have 36 crew and their training costs are roughly 1700 euro okay. per head per annum so you're looking at 60,000 straight off so then and then you, you kit that crew out right 
um, their suits cost around two or three grand, but they don't have to replace for a couple of years. Right. The lifeboat downstairs has a life capacity between 10 and 20 years. Right. But it has to be maintained. The engines have to be maintained. Yeah. And then you have the life, the, the life station here, yeah. which has been to be maintained, kept uh, on all the facilities. And I'll show you some more bits and pieces inside in the management room. So the running cost for a lifeboat station, what they call an inshore lifeboat station, would be somewhere in the region of about 165,000 a year. And then for um, the all-weather station, like Iron, the Iron Islands, about 250,000. Well, the Iron Islands, if, they, if the Iron boat, if, if it goes out to a serious trawler and tows a trawler in, it could burn 5,000 euros worth of oil just on right. a tow. Right. Now, is any of that, and this is more curiosity, is any of that then recoverable from the point of view of that the boat itself that they may have towed would have had insurance that the RNLI are actually able to put in a claim against people, people ask that question, no, and the reason, we, uh, uh, no, we don't charge I don't mean that as a charge, I no, mean we no, don't, as, we don't, as a reimbursement No, we don't, because we don't, we don't claim any reimbursement uh, we've no facility to claim reimbursement right. but we don't charge, and we don't charge at the general public for the simple reason that if we did charge you would have a trawler that oh I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble, but wait, I might get it going, I might get it going, I might get the engines there, I'm right, right. and then I'm too late because I'm going on the rocks. Right. So we want them to call as soon as there is a problem before it gets, before it gets uh, accelerated into a serious problem. So the, the, say if, uh, with the, the current cost of houses, uh, say uh, um, with fire uh, on houses, I've heard of a situation where people have tried to put out a fire themselves rather than call the fire brigade. Pay the fire brigade that the, the council cost of was it 500 no now, idea. Yeah. Um, and created a bigger problem at the finish up. Right, right. So is there a stable source of funding then? that um, you as an organisation are able to, to look at and say well we know annually we have X point number million and that we need to generate X more million in... Um, Where money comes from at the moment um, 10% of our income in Ireland comes from the counter, between 10 and 15% comes from the counter boxes. Right. The little one cent and two cent that people say it's insignificant, we'll throw it into the life box. Yeah. That makes up about 10% of the income in Ireland. Oh. Um, then you'll have people who will say, uh, we'll do an event. Um, for example, we have a fantastic event coming up at the end of January here in Galway where local supermarkets donate vegetables. Okay. And then we have Kirwan's Lane, or Grady's Kirwan's Lane, fantastic chef, one of the better uh, restaurants in Galway. And the chefs make up two big cauldrons of soup, which we gave to the public on what we call SOS Day, down the bottom of Shop Street. And it's called SOS, Sample Our Soup which is international yeah, yeah. call sign yeah. um, other people then ladies will have say Shiraz or Sauvignon have a wine tasting night right. um, we've had shower our school teacher where a school teacher a victim must be found and the pupils and staff um, get right. one of their colleagues to walk the, the, the rope into, into a, a tank of water All right. um, various things like that I, and it's, it's fun, everyone enjoys it and, they're, and they, they're raising money for a good cause they're, we are, our big um, fundraiser then is May Day uh, it followed on from SOS Day May Day, May Day, May Day because the 1st of May yeah. and the, the International Call Inside so we have a little um, badge uh, this year it's a little man with his helmet 
used to be the Yellow Welly because the Yellow Welly is synonymous with the Ornelay. And we sell this little badge around the country. You see it in shops, streets, everywhere between the middle of April and the middle of May. And that's our major fundraiser for the year. Right. And then people do various bits and pieces for us. Tony, we're going to take a little break and you're going to, we're going to walk on and you're going to tell me about the concerts coming up and you're also going to tell me, you're going to show me another part of the state? Yes. Okay. This is you're listening to Irish Radio Canada, Home and Abroad, and we're in the um, RNLI station in Galway and Tony Heine has given me a, a walk around and we're walking into the operations room. Um, what have we got on here? This is where you have all the charts of Galway Bay. Um, the various routes from Galway docks out to the bay. Yeah. And on the, the thing here, we can chart where, what, when, and how. And then we have screens. And we have a new facility here, which has been linked up to the Marine Institute and their GPS system. And they have a facility that will actually tell you, and this is very, very new, tell you the drift, and it's very, very accurate, of a, of a body in the water, whether it's on the surface of the water, five foot under or ten foot over, how much that will drift in the tide over a certain length of time. Right. It's on the, the, the screen here. Right. So I take it, uh, at the moment well, I can see a screen that's split in four and I can see the boat downstairs. Um, I take it that it is transmitting back its GPS once it hits the water. Does it have a camera on board? The lifeboat has a camera on board. So there's somebody here in the network, in the operations centre, and they're seeing also what's there. No, 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 it's it's a camera on board. It's it's not. It's, a, it's, it's an historical camera. Yes. It's not a transmitting. And also that the crew will have a camera on their on their helmet, right? So that um, they're recording what they're doing, and then with the permission of uh, whoever they save or, or not, they can upload the, the footage right for future reference. Right. So you can come back and say, right, we look at this and say, okay, what do we do right? What do we do wrong? What can we learn? Any lessons that we can learn from this? Right. However, if the person or the trawler that we save or pull in or tow in or whatever, or somebody that doesn't want to be there to be identified, we will scrap the whole lot. Right. Tony, I know it's it's um, it's fascinating, but we are going to have to wrap up mm. because I see the, the clock on the wall, and I'm due to be somewhere else in a few minutes. But I want you to tell me about this fundraiser that's coming up. Sean Kane, fabulous singer that he is, has devoted an entire weekend to the RNLI. He's given the 9th, 10th, and 11th of February to the RNLI. And he's given concerts in three different locations. On the Friday the 9th, he's in Alwy Caves in the Burn. On Saturday the 10th, he's in Clifton Church. And on Sunday the 11th, he's in Hall Ackley in Belmullet in County Mayo. Three fantastic venues. But to complement that even further, between himself and his manager, Johnny Broderick, and Johnny's brother, Iggy, they have written a song called Heroes of the Water. Those heroes of the water are someone's son or daughter, with no desire to be a hero of the sea, those heroes of the water. Very evocative, very, very powerful, but it gets the message exactly what it is. The crew that go out, men and women, there are ordinary people, mm -hmm. their sons mm -hmm. and daughters, 
no desire to be a hero mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they are heroes mm-hmm. and this song is going to be uh, released shortly and it will be a part of the concert we are eternally grateful to, to, to Sean Kane for this because it is a fantastic gesture in his part Tony thanks a million for taking the time we have run out of time I've been chatting with Tony Heine at the uh, RNLI station in Galway it's been fascinating interesting and moving and uh, when this, the song is released we'll keep you updated on it we'll be playing it but if anybody wants to make a donation are they able to make a donation online? yes they can they can go into www.rnli.com and go into uh, just given or the given page and make a donation online fantastic Tony Heine thanks a million not at all, you're more than welcome. I'm delighted to be able to show you around the place.